Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody who's happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that His mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It ain't all bad news. This is Wretched Radio. Encouraged. Because not every church is a turkey. <laughs> That used to be a catchphrase. Back when you could invoke avian creatures without offending somebody. Let's get to church news, starting with Orange County, California. Just flew back from California, and boy, that's a long flight. And I got to tell you, it was kind of nice to be able to breathe for five hours each way. Thank you for that, Judge in Florida, whoever you are. Orange County, lovely part of California, if you've never been there. It's the southern side of Los Angeles on the way to San Diego. Friel, thanks for the geography lesson. And it is truly a nice place to live. If you've got to be in California, I don't mind telling you, being in Orange County isn't a terrible option was at the church of pastor mike fabara's you perhaps know the fabara's name because of john fabara's how ironic is that john fabara's who hosts road trip to truth seasons one two and three will be coming out this fall or winter his dad pastors a thriving church in orange county now you think california you think Maybe six, possibly seven Christians there. No, there's a lot of great believers there. And it was such a treat to walk onto a campus that is absolutely cooking without compromising. That's right. That could be a new game show, perhaps. Cooking without compromising. He's preaching the word. He doesn't hold back. He talks about social issues, but he does it in such a way that it's not repelling. It's just truth in love. And about 2,500 people attend every Sunday. And it was a joy to meet so many believers. Isn't that still an amazing thing to you? You can travel to Timbuktu. I don't know what country it's in. Or is Timbuktu a country? At any rate, you can travel to Timbuktu and meet a complete stranger who's a believer and tell me you can't sit down and break bread with them and have a meal with that person. It's a glorious thing. And speaking of breaking bread, as long as I brought it up, did breaking bread with Pastor Mike Fabaras and somebody who happened to be preaching on Sunday morning also joined us for breakfast. His name is Dr. Erwin Lutzer. You know him as the preacher for the last 36 years at Moody Bible Church in Chicago. 80 years old and absolutely killing it. Vibrant, sharp, still desiring to preach the word, joined us for a Breaking Bread episode, which incidentally, if you haven't seen the Breaking Bread, Phil Johnson's episode is now posted on the YouTube machine. Just visit Wretched Breaking Bread. 
you'll find it where we discuss 10 assaults, 10 threats to the local church. It is well worth the listen. Most likely, you will hear a threat to your church, but we sat down and discussed pastoral ministry. Go ahead and guess, Jimmy, what was the number one concern that Dr. Lutzer had about the local church? Do you want it? You, you won't guess, but give it a go anyway. Uh, <laughs> the number one concern about the local church, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say it has something to do with the next generation. You're Well, you're warm. Okay. You're in the ballpark. All Social right. media. Uh, yeah, well, I can see that yeah, for uh, sure. You, you think, wait, oh, not another diatribe on social media and the dangers thereof. The man's been in ministry for 40, 50 years. He's wise, and we are wise when we allow older, grayer-haired people to download their wisdom to us. And he saw the assault on the church and multiple levels. First of all, on the church itself, that we abandon church so that we can just presumably do it online. He said, that's a big problem that so many virtual churches are cropping up. But then he said something rather fascinating about social media. I've been reading about the kids. I just read that the percentage of teenagers that feel persistently sad is 44%. And Dr. Lutzer said he believed that social media is one of the great causes, not just because they get immersed into another world, but it separates them from the body, from real human relationships, and they end up then getting depressed. They find their comfort somehow in social media, using an electronic device, but it causes them to be isolated. And I thought to myself, that's wise, that's insightful, and it's another reminder of the importance of the local church. If your life is not oriented around your local church, you're in danger. You are in trouble for many reasons, not the least of which is isolation. You need to be in a local church. It will orient your life rightly every week. All right, I actually found the article to which I was referring, I think, from 2009 to 2021. Yep, 44% suggests four converging cultural realities that are contributing to the crisis. Social media, social isolation. I don't think Dr. Lutzer read this article, but he observed it. Be careful, mom and dad. You you don't need me to remind you that every time you go out to eat, if you can afford it these days, that every time you go out to eat, you see a family sitting around in their own little worlds, together but not. Social isolation. This article also suggests the extra stressful global situation and today's parenting styles. Hmm. A third of teenage girls say the app makes them feel worse, but they cannot help but log on to it. Watch out, mom and dad. This could be a bigger contributor than we imagine. This was a separate article at Christian Post. While 24% of parents of preteens viewed the Bible as their primary source of moral guidance, 33% of Christian parents said the same. 26% of parents with children younger than 13 reject the belief that moral absolutes do not exist. 13%. Oofda. These are statistics that the headline 
support that supports the headline from George Barna. Christian parents scrambled philosophy of life turns children away from Christianity. They're seeing hypocrisy, duplicity. They are seeing parents do one thing in church on Sunday, another thing the rest of the week. And they're not buying it. And I would also add to that, they're not seeing mom and dad actually utilize their faith. This is something that I think that we would do well to ponder. Uh, Sociology and studying history can be tricky business. But I would offer this as at least something for us to noodle. Protestant denominations are plunging. You, you would, the Protestant denominations, you would think, are like somebody who offends one of these little ones. It's like a millstone tied to the neck of mainline Protestantism, and it is slip-sliding away. I was just reading the Presbyterian Church USA, which has been screaming to the left for a long time. They are declining as fast as possible. They are losing members Southern Baptists are losing members. Now, they're not mainline Protestant. They're more evangelical. But the, one, the, the movements that are really bombing are mainline Protestants. Let's consider the ascendancy of evangelical Christianity. When did that really start to take place? It started the modern-day evangelical movement as we know it in the 50s. That is when we began separating from fundamentalists who are our brothers and sisters. It's a shame that we have that divide. And the movement to be more involved politically, socially began. The moral majority, it erupted in the 80s. And then we've seen mainstream evangelicalism really become the dominant force in American religion. I recognize that there are other social factors involved, but if Barna is onto something here, that kids are not following in the faith of their parents, it's because they're not seeing serious, sober-minded, important, disciplined activity in the local church. And what has been the effect? I know there's other social issues, but if you take a look at religion in America— It's all going south with evangelicals being the dominant cultural force. Does that tell us something? I think it might. I get it. Postmodernism is afoot. I understand the sexual liberation movement has been brewing for a long time. I get that. But just the same, there have always been people who would like to dethrone Christianity from being the dominant force in America. They're succeeding right now. And it really has been under the watch of evangelicals. So maybe something to ponder for parents. If we're a little bit upset about losing the next generation, maybe we should ask ourselves the question, am I really practicing a Christian worldview? 2% of teenage parents do. Could that be the cause? of the reason for teenage abandonment of the faith? This is Wretched Radio. 
Here's a preborn story that starts out a little on the bitter side, but ends up being very sweet. Neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant, and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. When she met her baby on the ultrasound, she just wept uncontrollably. Couldn't do it. That baby's alive today because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl. And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, saw abortion as the easy answer. That is the power of an ultrasound. When a woman in crisis sees her baby, 80% of the time she chooses life for just $28, you could provide one of those ultrasounds. But I would ask you, how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide? The more ultrasounds, the more saved babies. Please consider what you can do at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today and get ready to take some notes because I'm about to save you from being canceled by your very own kids. Are you being a sharent? You know, the person who shares way too much about their personal life on social media. Yeah, if you're looking at the radio all crazy right now, I'm likely talking about you. But look, don't get offended. Just get better. How, you may ask? Simple. Spend less time on social media and more time at Wretched.org. You may have noticed the Wretched website recently got a facelift. And you'll find the new look easier to navigate and locate all of our amazing, yes, amazing content. Like full daily Wretched TV and radio episodes, the Wretched store is loaded with tons of new resources, and the donate page has complete information on how you can become a monthly ongoing gospel partner. So stop embarrassing your kids. Don't be a sharent. Spend your time instead at Wretched.org. It just hits different. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. There are many struggles experienced by our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, specifically those who run the Masters Academy International. The biggest challenge for men attending TMEI, especially in our context in Ukraine, is the opposition from people in the church who oppose sound doctrine, and therefore men really struggle to transform their ministries in accordance with the Word of God. The Masters Academy International in Ukraine fighting a battle on two fronts. (laughs) You've got Russia, of course, and you have opposition from the church in Ukraine for biblically trained pastors to preach the gospel. Would you please consider supporting the Masters Academy International? Adopt a seminary, 17 different countries. Might want to turn your attention to Ukraine. To learn more about this amazing legacy ministry, visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Books of the Bible. The book of Micah contains prophecies against the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. Micah warns of God's judgment for idolatry and oppressing the poor, but he offers hope of salvation in the coming Messiah, who is a shepherd, a judge, and a ruler. Those whom God has saved are charged to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with their God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. There 
There's a word you don't hear in California often these days. Oofda. This is Wretched Radio. Just returned from sunny Southern California. Had a lovely time at Compass Bible Church. Was a part of the banquet for Focal Point Ministries on SAT, no, Friday night. And there were about 400 people in attendance at a banquet to support a good preaching and teaching radio ministry called Focal Point. Pastor Mike Fabares, he's the preacher, his church, his church, the church that he pastors is thriving. And it's so good to see that, isn't it? There are good churches out there. And I thought it might be helpful to remind us of that because, <laughs> yikes, let's go to Canada, shall we? A Canadian church hosted an assisted suicide ceremony. Wow, we've, we've, we've come a long way from being the people of life to being the people of assisted suicide for a member who was getting ready to take her own life. It's a united church, of course, a crossing over ceremony. That was a church service. Students at Methodist institution pray to the great queer one. Hmm, that's interesting. I thought they were Methodist. This is an individual, Raul, Raul, yeah, the second-year MDiv student at the Methodist institution known as Duke Divinity School. Duke Divinity School. The individual, a second-year MDiv student, opened the service with strange one, fabulous one, fluid and ever-becoming one. She claimed God as mother, father, and parent, and drag queen, and trans man, and gender fluid. <laughs> I got to tell you, if you've ever wondered how in the world does somebody find that sort of biblical support, the answer is found in hermeneutics. I think that this is something that should almost be when somebody joins a church, the first class you're going to take is hermeneutics. And not even what the church, who was doing what, where are, was the, the closet, broom closet located. Forget that. Hermeneutics. How to read the Bible rightly. You do not have a basis in a shared hermeneutic, and you're going to have people calling God transfluid or whatever the terminology happens to be, because they'll go, ah, oh, see, God is like a, a mother hen. See, he's transfluid. No, it's poetic language to describe the care and the tenderness of God. Just, just like that, that he will he will use his wings to protect us. He doesn't become a bird either, so he would be transhuman. No, transdivine. I guess. How does somebody come up with that? Hermeneutics would suggest that Herman, who would be a helpful tool for you to teach everybody hermeneutics in your class, but that would be, I think, to stoop too low. But you know, as long as I'm stooping. Can I do a shout out for this? This may be of interest to you. Friel, it's about time. We here at this ministry are looking potentially for you. We have multiple positions open, just like everybody else. <laughs> but if you've ever thought about being in ministry and you have social media skills, 
visit our website, wretched.org slash careers. Also a content creator, a multi-talented director of photography to film and edit video content, as well as having marketing experience. If that describes you, wretched.org slash careers. One last position. We are looking for a new host. We're making multiple TV series here, and we need talented people who can be theologically sound and articulate truth on camera. Does that describe you? Would you like a ministry in media? Visit wretched.org slash careers. Jimmy, I'm done stooping. Okay. All right. Mind. I'm glad you're done because I was scared you were going to mention my job. Was <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jimmy. Yes. I, Your hair looks nice today. What does that have to do? Just in case you were going to mention my job. I was not going to mention your job. Okay. I was going to mention you and the number of people who mentioned you when I was in California. Did, did I tell you I was in California? Yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah, was in California. A lot of people talked about you and oh, <laughs> said good things. You know, ah. with the smog. They're not thinking <laughs> clearly out there. Wow. Can you see the smog, too? Mm-hmm. The, the hotel room that we were in, it, the, you can see mountains pretty much everywhere. But we looked out the window and you could tell sort of there were mountains out there. Except the smog kind of just covers them up a little bit. Mm. Not that I'm a germaphobe, but if you don't mind, don't touch me. And I just can't help but think about the Mutts that you're breathing in all the time out there. Back to Duke Divinity School. Friel, must we? She claimed the woman leading the whatever service it was. God is mother, father, and parent. Drag queen, trans man, gender fluid. <sighs> okay, this ought to be good. I would like to suggest that as a trans text, we look at, guess what Bible verse was used for this? Ken Ham would be not thrilled to know that her answer was found in Genesis 2. We will see. Now, I didn't look up this verse yet, but we will see how good their hermeneutics is and see if that is indeed the key to understanding why so many people just go so far off the rails. Genesis 32, 22 through 31. And it reads thusly. Oh, this is wrestling with God. What is this? I did look it up. What does this have to do with, what did she say? As a trans text, and he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, sent, this is, this is Jacob wrestling with what is most likely a Christophany. What? How could, I don't, Jimmy. It said crossover. Ah, maybe that was it. <laughs> I don't. The mystery has been solved. <laughs> I can't think of anything in the text that would suggest. No. That. <laughs> was it Jacob or the angel that changed their genders? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable hermeneutics. The passage. Oh, here's the explanation. The passage details Jacob wrestling with a stranger until daybreak. The man harms Jacob's hip and commands Jacob to let me go for its daybreak. I will not let you go unless you bless me. God blesses Jacob, gives him a new name, Israel. But this woman at Duke Divinity School sees an example of a negotiated body, a trans body, which has been both momentarily injured and fundamentally blessed. Oh, wow. 
that's not even bad hermeneutics. That's just bad reasoning. It, it, um, Jimmy. Yes. I am just like this Bible that I'm holding in my right hand. How's that? Well, I have a bit of a situation that I'm dealing with. I am in a bit of a bind. And this Bible has a binder. Oh, it's a binder. Ah, exactly. So we're really pretty much the same thing. I don't think mine was any more cockamamie (laughs) than what this woman came up with. A trans momentarily injured and fundamentally blessed. The woman compares Jacob's struggle to the experience of taking testosterone to transition from a male body to a female identity. Oh, sorry, from female to male, whatever. Wondering how Jacob felt after the angel had gone and if he felt the same way I did. On the clear October morning when I learned to give myself a hormone shot. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hold on. Yale is not going to be left in the dust. Yale Divinity School holds first non-Christian service. 80 students gathered. This goes back about a week. And the Master of Divinity student led the event, which she described as indigenous and black ecology based with a sprinkle of cosmology and pantheistic mysticism. Wow, they're busy little syncretists, aren't they? The attendees took part in a chalice lighting ceremony under the Unitarian Universalist tradition. Followed by a prayer to the Hindu fertility god, Prithivi. Prithivi. Makes it sound like you have a lisp. Prithivi is the god that God prayed to at Yale Divinity School. How did Yale get there? How did Duke get there? I'm telling you, it is biblical hermeneutics. Because if you can talk about wrestling... If you can get into the Bible, wrangle verses around to somehow determine that God is transfluent something, then it's true. I am just like this Bible. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. A small Christian college in Memphis, Tennessee, has been accused of banning a student from campus after she reported that she had been raped by another student. Visible Music College and the Memphis Police Department were not able to substantiate her claim. So in response, the student says that the college banned her from campus for engaging in premarital sex. And look, I know there's certainly a lot about this story we don't know, certainly a lot that police and the courts have to sort out, but if that is true at all, I don't think someone's reading their Bible correctly. Let's hope a rape victim isn't being punished for being raped. And speaking of colleges and the weird things they do, administrators at a Maryland university have released a statement condemning a recent pro-life demonstration that was interrupted by pro-abortion students who were shouting obscenities and simulating lewd acts. Quite a bit of video evidence has surfaced showing exactly what happened, and though the pro-life students were the ones who were being abused, school officials apologized to the pro-abortion abusers publicly by condemning the pro-life protest as 
hateful and saying courts have ruled that pro-life speech is upsetting. Yeah, well, you know, that's a really dumb remark. Not even going to get into the discussion about who abused who, but to say someone who's advocating for babies not to be brutally murdered hurts the feelings of students who want to be able to murder unborn babies. That's a really, really, really dumb remark. Here's a new one, at least for me it was, a fictosexual. Yes, fictosexual, which apparently means someone who prefers fictional things. Well, this fictosexual has complained that he cannot talk to his holographic wife because of a software glitch, and the company has discontinued the software so he'll never see his wife again. I really wish that this story was fiction, but in a world where make-believe has become reality, this is a thing. And we have no one to think but all of those progressive leaders who celebrate this type of thing. The U.S. Senate refused to block taxpayer funding of the Planned Parenthood baby murder factory last week. A joint resolution supported by pro-life groups failed to pass with a vote of 49-49, which is a tie but also a failure to pass. And some Senate Democrats condemned the bill and others that have passed, like the Texas Heartbeat Bill, calling those bills that save babies' lives as cruel. Cruel for who? The baby that's not being murdered or the woman who would have to be responsible and raise a child that she knew she could possibly get pregnant with when she did the thing that she did to get pregnant. I wonder which one pro-life laws are cruel for. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides and cares for His sheep. Jesus laid down His life for His sheep. No one can snatch them out of His hand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Ray is doing great. Thanks for asking. This is Wretched Radio. Did I mention I just returned from California? Spent a couple of days there visiting different ministries from Compass Bible Church. We visited the folks up north at the Master's Academy International. I don't know if you're supporting them yet, but you might want to consider it. I'm telling you that ministry just keeps impressing me. Nonstop, the people who are running it from Mark Tatlock, David Chow, Eric Weathers, doing such great work. And they are they're creating many seminaries around the globe where seminary trained students from the master seminary return home and then teach other pastors how to divide the word of truth. It's a great ministry. Please consider supporting it at wretched.org slash pastor. That is not what we met about. However, we are talking potentially about a Bible distribution program to get into the hands of believers in Bible teaching churches in the Philippines, a John MacArthur study Bible. Wouldn't mind if you prayed for that end because we would love to see, I don't know, 10,000 Christians in the Philippines actually have a Bible with sound study notes. Then we would like to give to most pastors there something they don't have, and that is, well, resources like a commentary set, a systematic theology textbook, nothing. They got nothing. So look forward to us hopefully announcing that where you could join us in sending Bibles to the Philippines, MacArthur Study Bibles. 
know what I like about that is that it's 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 just going to strengthen the local church because people are going to be able to see oh okay that's what's going on in that okay I understand oh that's what the Greek language is telling me in this verse oh that's how this harmonizes with that verse over there this will keep a lot of error out of a lot of churches and believe me there's a lot of error in a lot of churches but then we also spend some time with the indefatigable Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com, Ray, who has been doing open-air preaching and evangelizing pretty much every day for the last, what, 40 years? Something like maybe 50 years now. He's 72. He doesn't look a day over 71. And he just doesn't stop. He's the Energizer Bunny. He literally runs around the office. He can't wait to get, to just walk someplace. It's just too much, too much downtime for Ray. It was such a joy to be with him. And we also did a breaking bread and he was just so on point and he was just so determined to help people understand the use of the law and evangelism. It was super encouraging. So don't know if I mentioned that I was in California, but it was great to be there and visit brothers and sisters, even in that red state. And when I say red, I'm thinking like communist red. I'm thinking like socialist red. $5.70 a gallon? Oy, gavilta fish. We drove from Santa Clarita down to Glendale, visited the folks at KKLA. By the way, if you're in Los Angeles, you can hear us Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock right after David Wheaton's show. Stopped in to visit those nice folks. Drove down to Signal Hill, which I'd never heard of. Then down to Alyssa Viejo, which is where Compass Bible Church is. So we had to fill up the gas tank, of course, on the way to the airport. Did you, did you need a loan? A couple of them. <laughs> yeah, we don't own our house anymore. We <laughs> didn't give that up to pay the gas. 569. So this was a, we got a pickup truck, which always makes me happy. I, I do like driving pickup trucks and... These days, they are just crazy expensive, and it wouldn't fit in my garage. So, we just if we get one when we're, we're out on the road, it's like, whoop-de-doo. Well, here's just a little tip for you. If you're going to get a, who makes the Toyota Tacoma? Is that who makes the Tacoma? Yes. Yeah. Make sure you get one that has more than four cylinders. I'm just saying, there's nothing wrong with four cylinders. If it's a car that's more <laughs> economical... This is a pickup truck. I'm telling you, I was getting passed uphill by Priuses. I would, there were skateboarders going faster than we were up the hill. Don't do the four-cylinder. We fill up the gas tank. It was like $83. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, I know California is a different economy, but they are just paying so much for the brilliant policies of the progressives. Let's continue with church news, shall we? <laughs> I'm just looking ahead. Jimmy, I learned something in California. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Several people said this. 
that they they listen to the program yeah double time i can't imagine the need for something like that but nevertheless <laughs> double time they they hear your news in about 60 seconds <laughs> they get through that bad boy <laughs> this is a church in iowa city now you would think iowa city wouldn't have anything this wacky but alas it is a presbyterian church i'm guessing usa the director of christian education at the service <sighs> stated god impregnated mary like the Greek god Zeus, when he became a swan and forced himself on a woman, Leda, causing her to give birth to Pollux and Helen of Troy. It was a ceremony that was nothing short of absolute paganism. It is so far removed from Christianity. This is the type of stuff that I think we should be more vocal about. Brace yourself for this. More vocal about than addressing and uh, sometimes threatening and warning people about the dangers of progressive corporate america they are really trying to lay out an agenda i thought they were supposed to just sell their products and wares but no they want to sell a worldview and some com companies are flexing their muscle is that a problem yes it is it's not as big a problem though as what's going on in the church if we're defensive Brace yourself, my American friend, because I love this country, too. But the church is more important than corporations. And if we have a loud vocal voice on politics, but we don't have anybody crying out, hey, look at these Christian institutions. Stop calling yourself Christian because you're not. You're pagan. Your, your divinity school is anything but divine. It's absolute trollop. And we should be louder about that than we are about corporations. In fact, I do believe I hold in this here pile the fellow who used to go to, uh, he was the worship leader at Bethel Church. Uh, uh, I don't know what his name is. I can't think of it. Sean, somebody or another, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's all about the business of making sure that Disney gets punished for their progressivism. I got to tell you, I'm not sure that's exactly the way to go about the business, to speak to corporations. I think our message should be a little bit different. Our message should be repent. The kingdom of God is near. That was the famous sermon, by the way, of John Wesley. And he believes that is the reason that his crusades were so successful. It talked about the wrath that is to come. That's what we should be saying to Disney. Instead, the former Bethel worship leader, those words don't really go together, challenging Christians to cancel their Disney subscriptions. Do I think you should? I think that's up to you. Uh, I, I, you, you don't want to be a part of Disney anymore? I say rock on. But should we as Christians be assembling another group of Christians to threaten and intimidate a corporation? You think, well, we've got to speak out. Now, I agree with you on that. But what we say is my concern. Instead of, hey, Disney, you're, you're, you're grooming kids. You're perverted in your worldview. Instead, it should be, this is God's standard. This is what God says. 
He is your master. And if you do not obey him, you face the wrath that is to come. Repent, Disney. Not boycott, Disney. Quote, it's time we rise up and say enough is enough. No, how's about we rise up and say repent? The kingdom of God is at hand. It's time for us to rise up and hold the line. I don't know how we do that exactly. I don't know that boycotting is the solution to the cultural problems. I think the preaching of the gospel is what solves social issues. People get saved, then they think rightly. Don't forget 1 Corinthians 2. We have a tendency to think, let's get them thinking rightly. Then they'll become a Christian. And they can't understand spiritual things until they are regenerated. Then they have the mind of Christ. Then their thinking gets changed. Our message to a world that is rather confused, enough is enough. We're going to rise up. What is it? I'm trying to think of a Bible verse that suggests we're to rise up. Instead, we should stand up and speak out. The kingdom of God is near. This is Wretched Radio. The situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you. Wretched Radio is just really brought me closer to God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives. Our goals have all always been to preach the gospel, to equip people to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged. My life will never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel. Just log on to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's wretched.org slash donate. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Just count your blessings. This is Wretched Radio. You can be thankful. Not going to be talking about this church in Canada, which isn't a church, flying the trans and pride flags to celebrate diversity, which is what their website and their statement of faith is all about. Count your blessings. Not going to share that. Nor am I going to share about a Lutheran church. Listen. You can hear Martin Luther spinning in his grave like a lathe. Church in Greenville, South Carolina, drag me to church. Guess what they did? That's right. They put on a drag performance. Drag me to church. See what? How's about drag me to a pagan cultural center? drag me to pagan worship. That's what this is. It's not Christianity. And we would do well to have a very loud voice denouncing these so-called churches much louder than we denounce anything else going on in culture. Not to say that you can't denounce what's going on in culture. Not saying that. I'm just saying that we should be denouncing churches that don't behave like, you know, churches. Now, speaking of an opportunity to speak out, do you remember Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson? He's the fellow who did a video with his wife a few weeks ago because it was discovered that he and his wife had had an abortion. And he said, yes, it is indeed true. It happened before we were Christians. And I want you to know we've been forgiven and you can be too. I thought it was Quite extraordinary. Well, somebody sent me another clip of the lieutenant governor preaching in a church. This guy, hoofda. Here's something else I'm not supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see WRL out there. They got they licking their pencils around, trying to write fierce as they can. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. Well, then, that's not something you hear every day from a 
politician. <laughs> I wonder if he'll get a second term. I just found the statistic that I was groping for earlier. PCUSA lost 51,000 members. They used to be a multi-million member denomination. That was back in the 60s. I think they're down to, oh, here it is right here. 1.19 million in 2021. It is a precipitous drop for mainline Protestantism. And the only churches, I'm telling you, the only churches that I think are growing and thriving, unfortunately, there are two. One are the silly centers. This is where the shenanigans and the hijinks, for now, until it gets to the point where it's too costly to attend one of these self hack churches where you just learn life tips and lessons, it's not going to be worth going to that church if it could mean that you lose your job, if it means that you have to pay more money or that you get arrested. People aren't going to go to those nonsense centers. They're going to abandon it. Will they even watch it online? I doubt that they will. But the other church that's growing, mercifully, thankfully, are sound Bible-teaching churches that are not compromising. They're being loving, but they are just not backing down from the truth of God's Word. They are growing. Pastor, be encouraged. If you've been thinking, well, I need to lighten up a little bit here or there, be careful before you take your foot off the gas. Because if you start to try to compromise, most likely, just like water that chips away, at a cliff, and then the then everything starts crumbling down because of it, that's going to be your church. Hold the line theologically, pastor. And speaking of pastors, most pastors believe Christians should make disciples. The only problem, of course, is that most Christians don't agree. <laughs> While a majority of pastors agree, every disciple of Jesus is mandated in Scripture to go and make disciples. Yep. Most Christians believe this mandate only applies to some disciples, not all. How can you evangelize? There are a lot of ways. I think that you can be an individual who really is focused on face-to-face, meeting people, sharing the gospel. Rock on. I think you could also be one of those Christians who, when the opportunity arises, courtesy of Colossians 4 verses probably like 3 to 5, make the most of every opportunity. Don't miss that, though. You've got to make the most of every opportunity. That means that we need to be listening carefully, waiting to hear something that would allow us to move from the secular into the sacred. To move from the temporal into the eternal, you got to have your ears peeled for it. And I'm telling you, most likely, you'll hear it. You will hear something that can cause you to go, hey, where are you at spiritually? But I think there's other ways you can participate in evangelism, and that is by participating with others who participate in evangelism. Philippians-ish 2 talks about, no, 1. No, three. I'm not ready yet. Philippians 1 talks about Paul. He describes the people that have supported him as being partners in the gospel. In other words, he couldn't be doing what he's doing without those people doing what they're doing by supporting him. So you can support. You can do it prayerfully. You you can do it with finances. And you will be participating in evangelism too. But having said that, that does not get you off the hook to share your faith as you have opportunity. 
I think it was Mike Fabares. Did I mention I was in California? I was with Pastor Mike Fabares. And he he seemed to have a bit of a, an axe to grind with the Christians who act like the world when it comes to the issue of retirement and, and not serving the Lord till the end. And he was describing, I hope I get these details right because I'm not trying to goof it up, but he was talking about a woman that he was visiting as a pastor because she was dying. And he asked her what she's doing to still serve the Lord. And the answer was, she really wasn't. And he said, you know, you have an opportunity to do a couple of things. Even as you lie in what will likely be your deathbed, you can be praying for issues and for people and for churches and for missionaries and for new converts, for struggling parents, for marriages that are on the rocks. And you could be sharing the gospel with the people that come to minister to you by helping you with your medical condition. So you know what this woman did? She listened to the pastor and actually started praying and witnessing to people, going out strong, going out still, working for the Lord. And I I think it was both he and Erwin Lutzer that were wondering, what is with the number of gray-haired Christians who just buy a Winnebago and go traveling around the country? Now, you're not sinning if you have a Winnebago. It was an illustration that there are people, they're just done with their church. They're done serving. They're not involved. Now, I know the challenge of this because silver-haired people think that the non-silver-haired people don't want them anymore. And that's a shame. In fact, I was reading another one of these studies. I think it was a Barna study talking about just that. Yeah, just because the parents don't seem to be taking their religion seriously. Barna commented, he used a word that I thought was rather interesting. They're either not desiring religion and they are actually abandoning the faith of their parents or they're being downright dismissive and aggressive. And don't we see that a ton in culture these days? The kids that want nothing to do with parents. You can thank people like Disney for that. The messages of social media. You're terrible. You're dumb. You're stupid. You don't know nothing. And I'm afraid we have more than a generation who has bought into that lie. And it is to the detriment of younger people that they don't go, hey, um, we want older people in this church. We want you to tell us something. We're not going to call you a Karen. I think the other word is, was it Rebecca? No, there's another one that's being used out there. So it's not just Karen who can get offended. It's, an, it's another name that's somebody who's persnickety. That, that, that attitude should change. You're a fool if you don't seek wisdom from those silver-haired people. And if you are silver-haired, don't stop. You can still make disciples. 85% of pastors maintain all Christians should make disciples, but only 53% of practicing Christians said, yeah, I agree with that. Maybe we should change that number. May I ask you, if you are older, have you quit on your local church? Have you quit serving the Lord? Or have you bought into the lie that we just, we, 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 we rest, we live, no, we live to rest as opposed to we rest to live. Well, we don't rest just because that's our obsession. No, we rest so that we can continue to serve our master. And until tomorrow, 
go serve your king.